Hello, world, and welcome to a series of unfortunate sequels, where we explore the highs and the lows of cinema's most enduring franchises. My name is John. And I'm Rebecca. And today, we're going to be talking about the lowest rated movie in the Crocodile Dundee franchise, Crocodile Dundee in L.A., this, in Los Angeles, honey. In Los... Sorry, I didn't mean to... That's <laughs> that's shorthand for us native LA folks. Yes, we live there for less than 10 years apiece, so we're LA natives now. You know, we've been there as long as most people in LA. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. This came out in 2001, which is like, what, like 10, 15 years after the... <laughs> No, more, yeah, because the first one came out in 86, I want to say, or 88. It was close to when I was born. So, yeah, this was this was a solid 15 years after that one then. Yeah. And uh, it has a 4.8 on IMDb. Yeah, that seems fair. Eh. <laughs> so we'll get into it. Uh, we start out not in L.A. We noticed that because we're L.A. natives. <laughs> There are uh, more crocodiles in this opening scene than I would expect to find in L.A. and mm-hmm. other random miscellaneous wildlife. Yes. I mean, there's also a, a sign telling you that you're in walkabout. Population yeah. 20. Well, you know, maybe if you're a detective and you pick up on mm. subtle clues like that, you would have noticed that. <laughs> Much like Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> I am a private eye. <laughs> uh, and we'll get into that joke a little later. So first we meet Australian John Cleese. That was fun. Yeah, uh, that was wild. <laughs> there's there's a dude in this movie who just legit just looks like an Australian John Cleese. It's crazy. Yeah. It uh, kind of sounds like it. Like does, if, I like mean, if, they're similar kind of accents, but like he sounds yes. more. Well, he sounds like if John Cleese was doing an Australian accent. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so we're in Walkabout Creek, which I don't know if we saw a sign in the last movie that specified this or not, but we find out it has 20 people. <laughs> 20, 20 residents of Walkabout Creek. Yeah, I don't... I mean, there was a sign in the first one, but I don't think it had the population on it. It looks like the sign's been touched up a bit, and the hotel, quote-unquote hotel, <laughs> looks a little bit nicer, too, now. I guess they bring tourists in, so... Yeah, we do find that they, they have a bunch of tourists here. There's a, a bunch of people who've been brought in by the lore of these great crocodile <laughs> uh, safari-type tours yeah I, I imagine that's something that got set up in the second one <laughs> yeah because it didn't seem to be doing great in the first movie where we first meet mr dundee yeah. so there's definitely a lot more business there and sue now lives in walkabout creek with mick and they have a son as well, Mikey. <laughs> Just to get extra confusing. Again, all stuff I imagine that was established in the second <laughs> one. Yeah, because he's he's not a newborn in this. He is in school, he's which nine. for the record, they have in this town yeah. of 20 people. They have their own school building, which is about the same size as my school. Yeah, it, it, I could have gotten gone with it if it wasn't called Walkabout creek school or something like that like obviously they'd have a place where kids go to learn if they have children in the town but it wouldn't be in the town they'd have to go somewhere else but who knows where the next town is yeah so it's just 17 walkabouts away (laughs) this old school just for this one kid (laughs) there's a handful i see like four or five come out which is a a full quarter of the population the rest of the population is at the pub (laughs) 
So Mick is on the water, and he is trying to trap a large crocodile, but it is too large for his little equipment, and his entire boat gets sunk by this giant crocodile. Luckily, he manages to escape into a tree before his friend Jacko comes along in another boat, and his boat, also too small for this giant crocodile, (laughs) so crocodile takes a big bite out of his boat, and Jacko joins Mick in the tree. Yeah, I think Jacko's probably a character who was in the second one. It seems like we were supposed to know who he was, and he definitely wasn't in the first one. Also, this scene, I, I felt like, like a lot of the scenes in the first movie, I think it was supposed to be really funny, and it was just okay. <laughs> it was it was fine. It was fine. I wasn't mad at it. I also <laughs> didn't laugh, and I'm very easy to make laugh in movies. <laughs> Did I laugh at this movie at any point? Man, I feel I like... I must have. Once, right? Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get... Uh, maybe we'll accidentally stumble upon it. Yeah. There was no Tarzan yells this time. There were no Tarzan yells. There was another fun subtitle moment, but... There was. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get there. <laughs> it's right at, It's right at this time when both of those crocodile hunters are stuck in a tree when the tour comes about to see what they're working on. Honestly, if I were on a tour and I saw two people sitting in a tree, I'd just be like, cool, sitting in a tree. But somehow the tour immediately knows that something has gone wrong and they're laughing at them and Australian John Cleese has to take them away. Yeah, they kind of like make a joke. So like, so which one's the second best crocodile hunter or something? And I feel like if I were on tour going to see the greatest crocodile hunter in the world and he was sitting in a tree, I would assume it was intentional. And, like, he knew what he was doing. And I would not want to be... If I saw a crocodile, like, the world's most famous crocodile hunter sitting in a tree, I'd want to get the fuck away from that water. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, no. (laughs) He knows something. I don't know. I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) Yeah. In general, I don't want to go near any water that could have crocodiles. (laughs) (laughs) We get a little bit of exposition at this point. Sue's dad, who, as we remember, owns that big New York newspaper company has expanded out a bit and has a branch in Los Angeles. And he had a reporter that was working on a story out there, but he mysteriously died. So I think they said it was a car accident. Yeah, I don't think they think it's mysterious at this point. Yeah, it's gonna be mysterious. But he died. So he needs someone to kind of take over that post. She decides she'll go. She she said she'd go for a few weeks, but Mick's like, no, let's just go for the rest of the year. You go, I'll go. We'll bring Mikey too. It'll be good. We'll expand horizons a bit. <laughs> so they do that. Yeah. I do like how like chill they always are about stuff like that. There were a lot of little things in this movie that I enjoyed, but I feel like right off the bat, I kind of saw a lack of Sue's personality and it definitely persisted. She's not like a bad character or anything, but she definitely had more personality in the first movie. And in this one, she was like, "Uh okay, boys, just like all the time, like these very generic lines and not much of a personality. Yeah, it's like they gave her, they gave her more of a, I guess, story or like plot in this Mm -hmm. one while simultaneously kind of taking out what made her her. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's just very dull. She's there. Yeah, she's there. 
she almost does something but mick ends up doing most of it yeah yeah and i appreciated it at first because at first they were focusing on on sue having a career and mick was looking after the kid and that was very interesting that was a unique different take and it's it's to do with such a manly man who didn't mind hanging out with his son all day and picking him up from school that's really cool you don't see that very often so i'm getting ahead of ourselves but it was just on my mind (laughs) yeah (laughs) anywho they obviously have a limo taking them to their fancy home Mm. in beverly hills they're fucking loaded they are loaded (laughs) and there are a few scenes in this movie that were just very uh (laughs) very relatable and having their limo driver be a actor slash writer who had headshots in the front seat to pass out to passengers very relatable you just constantly when you're in la getting people's stories about how they're trying to break into the industry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when sue gets to her office she finds out a little bit about the story that the the dude was working on it turns out he was investigating some sort of mystery there's something suspicious that he was looking into no one really knows exactly what um but they have a bunch of paperwork for sue to sort through so she can kind of get the lay of the land of the case man i didn't even pick up on i was so bored during all of sue's work scenes i wasn't even paying attention she sounded bored even she wasn't like acting any of her lines she was just kind of like throwing them out there in like her bored mom voice yeah it was it was wild i was i was just i was hoping so hard that later scenes would talk about what specifically she was looking into because yeah for the first two or three scenes i didn't pick up on like anything so I'm glad that they they did. Otherwise, I'd been super lost. Like we mentioned, Mick is looking after Mikey. He's kind of taking him around L.A. They're both exploring together. They have a mishap on the on the freeway (laughs) where they think they see a dog. So they stop and cause a huge pile up. Turns out it's just a skunk, which through a, a comedic game of telephone, everyone who's backed up behind them on the freeway thinks was a bomb. Wasn't a bomb. <laughs> this was somewhat charming because there's like one shot where it, like they kind of pan out and you see like a helicopter and all these cop cars and all of this traffic is backed up and it's LA and neither Mick or his son Mikey seem to notice. They're both just like, all right, that, look at the skunk. Boy, it doesn't smell, does he? <laughs> like, they're just like talking about it, like not even realizing what they've done. Just living their best life. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cute. <laughs> Now, Sue is going to a mixer party tonight where she she has looked through the paperwork a little bit and found out that the investigation that the last reporter was doing seems to be focused on this movie studio who's put out several kind of flops in a row that don't seem to be making money, but they're somehow still making a third one after losing money on the past two, which seems a little weird, but... <laughs> I do like how they think this is so weird, like Hollywood doesn't fucking pull this shit all the time. Right. <laughs> But, you know, it's worth investigating, I guess. So she goes to the mixer party where the producers are going to go, and Mick comes along with her. To charm the pants off of everyone. Like he do. (laughs) He learns all about the L.A. coffee enemas that everybody's into. (laughs) He tells stories about Mel Gibson, which, you know, he doesn't actually know Mel Gibson, but he misheard and thought they were talking about someone in his town called Mal Gibson. (laughs) Everyone's charmed. He gets a few cards from the event. And Sue gets to talk to the producer. 
and we immediately know that something fishy is going on. They're all suspicious, but <laughs> she gets invited to their studio lot to learn a little bit more about what they're working on. The next day on the lot, Sue has a private meeting with the kind of head of the studio. While he's getting a massage. While he's getting a massage. <laughs> and finds out that the, the movie's making money was never really a concern. Really what they're trying to do is just get kind of a Russian Hollywood going. And these movies are the start to it, but there's going to be a, a huge dynasty soon. And, um, you know, just hold off on your story because there's going to be a really big one breaking as soon as they, you know, let the news know. And she's going to have an exclusive first look. She doesn't necessarily buy this. <laughs> what a weird, like, wild story. Like, right? I don't feel like he had to make anything up. He could be like, oh, you know, these stories generally make money. Uh, we liked the screenplay for the third one. <laughs> Thought it would be a better hit. You know, just that real easy way to bullshit your way out of this. Right? Uh, don't invite her back for more. <laughs> he deserved to get caught. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mick and Mikey are on a studio tour. They're... That also the studio tour just very believable the host trying way too hard to get everyone engaged no one really cares <laughs> i'd never done one with john <laughs> it did kind of remind me of like if you've had a not great tour guide on like the jungle cruise in disney <laughs> yeah it was exactly <laughs> like that yeah and they do go to a a jungle area mm -hmm. on the tour where an animatronic anaconda pops out and Mick, by instinct, just whips out his knife and just stabs it through the head. <laughs> and he's like, oops. All right, let's get on out of here. <laughs> I don't know why they leave after that. Maybe he's just, he was embarrassed. He's sheepish. Mick, I don't think Mick gets embarrassed. <laughs> Not Dundee. Not Dundee. He wrestles crocodiles. <laughs> well, as they leave, well, this is after they left. They're kind of walking through the park and they run into Mike Tyson. Who they don't recognize, Why? but we recognize. Oh, my God. It was like they... I feel like Mike Tyson wanted to be in it. <laughs> they were like, well, it's Mike Tyson. We got to do it. And they just invented a scene for him. Probably, because he's basically just meditating in the park, and they've never seen anything like this. They're like, hey, what are you up to? And they learn how to meditate from Mike Tyson. And, you know, it's funny because he's named Mike, and he's named Mick, and his son's named Mikey. <laughs> and then they say, ah, he wouldn't hurt a fly. So, mm -hmm. fun times. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the aspect of Mikey going, what's that guy doing? And Mick's just like, oh, no, let's ask him. Because, like, what a lovely approach to yeah. have in life. But also the guys, like, meditating, like, leave him alone. I don't but they don't know what meditation is. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Sue's basically trying to figure out what's the whole deal with the movie studio because she didn't. What's the deal with the movie studio? You can't say it like that and not expect me to come at you. That's fair. That was a good impression too. Thank you. It's like you're looking right at Jerry Seinfeld. It's, it is basically. from B Movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing he's known. The for. one thing he's known for. <laughs> It's crowning achievement. <laughs> it's the only thing I've really seen Jerry Seinfeld in, I'm going to be honest. I haven't really watched his other body of works. <laughs> his other body of works? Seinfeld? I think just Seinfeld. <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes. It wasn't for me. So, But B-movie. No, but B-movie. <laughs> that anyway. that, that B-human relationship <laughs> is what you get on board for. Oh, fuck. 
Now, Sue's trying to solve this mystery. Mick has been watching a lot of American television, so he immediately knows, like, oh, it's drugs. It's drugs or it's guns. If they're smuggling in, it's drugs. If they're smuggling out, it's guns. That's America. Honestly, that's And he's not fair. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he, he is wrong in this case. I guess in this case. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh. So he he says she needs a mole. So he's got a, he made a lot of contacts at that studio mixer. So he decides he's going to get a job at the studio and act kind of as her mole from the inside to feed her information. So he gets I didn't a, think moles grew on the inside. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm here for. So Mick gets a job as an extra on the movie. He is not great at it. <laughs> There's several mishaps. He makes a, a friend, though, and uh, in one scene, they can't get a monkey to do what they want it to, so he uses his crocodile Dundee <laughs> magic, where he basically just talks to the monkey, and he's like, hey, dude, just go over there and grab the soda, and... Please go grab this product placement. Yeah, but can gra- grab the... Oh, grab the caffeine-free one, please, and bring it back Diet. to the dude. Diet. Diet. Fuck. I'm really curious what, like, what was the scene in this movie? Because it looked a little bit like a medieval castle, and the guy was kind of dressed like it, but also the monkey was getting him a can of Diet Pepsi. And they Wasn't also, like, weird? they throw a grenade later. There's definitely guns in the mm-hmm. movie, too. Yeah, I mean, they kind of, I mean, they kind of, jo- it's a little bit like Mission Impossible or something, right? But I don't know what the scene was in this castle. Like, I don't want to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. It's got to be better than Crocodile Dundee. How dare you? All right, I'm sorry. It's got to be more entertaining than Crocodile <laughs> So, luckily, Mick was able to get the monkey to do its, sorry, chimpanzee, gets very offended when he calls it a monkey, <laughs> uh, to do its part, and he gets promoted to animal handler. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, this, of course, means that he'll be working more. He can't pick up um, Mikey or, like, drop him off of school or anything, so he gets a nanny, and he calls in his friend Jacko from Down Under. <laughs> You know, that guy we know, probably from the second movie. <laughs> Who got stuck in a tree at the beginning. Yeah. Now, it, it was kind of established the first time that Mick picked up Mikey from school that Mikey's teacher was very into him. Yes, because she was a human female, and they all want to fuck Crocodile Dundee. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you write a movie... <laughs> you write it so all the women want to fuck you i don't know if he wrote this one but yes <laughs> but now that jacko's there and jacko is single and looking as mikey described him <laughs> she is all in much better much better mm-hmm. not the not married man mm-hmm. oh i guess we should establish that he and sue aren't married Yes, he and Sue aren't married. They're together and they have a a child, but Mm -hmm. not married. Yes. They make a point of mentioning that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, Mick takes Jacko out for a night on the town. He's kind of a a local at this point, having been here for, I don't know, maybe a few weeks at this point. So they go out to the fancy dining establishment, Wendy's, where you can order (laughs) from your car. This is a pretty good scene. It, it, It takes a bad turn, the night. But I did like the idea of... Mick being the like American city expert with his friend Jacko because he's clearly like feeding him wrong information or like kind of mixed up information the whole time. Good potential for comedy, but they of course took it in a couple of offensive directions. However, the Wendy scene was was good. Yeah, and they go to a tall building. 
And mm. then remember that earthquakes happen here, yeah. so then they get off the tall building. Because they start getting worried. It was funny also seeing them afraid of something. <laughs> they literally wrestle crocodiles, but Mother Nature, that's different. That's true. Well, <laughs> she'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they accidentally go to a gay bar where, you know... <sighs> I will be, to to be fair, they get in and out real fast. They yeah. don't linger on a scene that could have been very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, and the slurs they use are like Australian specific, I think. They don't, or ones in the UK. I feel like I've heard it there too. And to, to its credit, I know I mentioned in the last movie, like, oh, if somebody pointed out to him that it, something was offensive, mm. he would probably change. And he immediately was like, actually, the term they prefer here is gay homosexual, <laughs> yeah. which is something that he probably learned and immediately was like, yeah, we'll use Okay, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they also get mugged. Yes. Um, through some racial stereotyping. <laughs> but luckily, they have the world's largest fucking trash can to dump on top of the car. I have never seen a trash can this large. In my life. Yeah, it was just like, I guess one you like put in public, so it has to be massive. Yeah, it was pretty giant. And he just lifted it up very easily. Have you seen those biceps? That's from meditating and making them strong. <laughs> from that one meditation <laughs> session in the park. Yeah, I do. They had one little tongue-in-cheek joke where he's like, I'm always getting mugged. Because he constantly in these movies, and I imagine it had to happen in the second one, too, if they made a joke about it. Yeah. They just like seeing him beat up muggers, I guess. I don't know. Everyone likes seeing people beat up muggers, I guess. Sure. Although he's also like, you know what? It's not their fault. It's probably the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> now, next day at the set, Mick sees people unloading art from a truck. And they look hella suspicious. So he <laughs> decides to check it out. He learns that the art was recreated and imported from Yugoslavia, and now it has huge frames that it didn't used to have. Now, he's watched enough crime shows at this point to know that that is suspicious, so he pokes around in the frames and thinks he's got it figured out. He thinks there's drugs kind of baked into these frames. So they go to the police with the lead, but turns out there's no drugs in the frames. Just the frame. Just frames. Dang it. <laughs> and then he tells a charming wheelbarrow story. <laughs> Tells a story about how back home <laughs> someone thought they were smuggling drugs in piles of dung because they were pushing piles of dung in wheelbarrows across the border. And then they searched the dung with a fine-tooth comb and they didn't find any drugs. Turns out they were smuggling wheelbarrows. <laughs> and then his friend Jacko is like, I think he's right with the drugs. I don't think they're smuggling wheelbarrows. <laughs> Good old Jacko. <laughs> Now, why would they smuggle wheelbarrows? <laughs> maybe they're like what a weird story. You know, maybe there's some places where things just cost more. Maybe wheelbarrows cost less in one place and more in another. Remember the whole jeans thing? No. Oh. When we had our Spanish exchange student, they they bought a ton of jeans because oh, they were way cheaper here than right. than there at the time. Okay. I don't know if that's changed now. <laughs> many years later. <laughs> um. So Mick finds some Polaroids of the artwork that was imported in and brings them to an art specialist. He's like, hey, does these look suspicious? He's like, oh, these are fakes. 
like, oh, how, how could you tell that from a picture? It's like, oh, well, the originals were actually lost in a bombing in Yugoslavia. Um, there's no way these could be real. They must be fakes. And Sue's like, wait a minute. What if it was, you know, the bombing was a setup and they smuggled out all the artwork ahead of time? Could these actually be real? And the dude gets real excited. And he's like, get me a piece of that artwork. <laughs> so Nick decides to like do that. that. <laughs> what a wild, like, very giant shift. He's yes. like, they're from Yugoslavia, though. Could they be real? Like, what? <laughs> Why does that make you think that they're real? The fakes could have been from Yugoslavia. Right. You'd imagine they'd be the best people to make the fakes yeah. since they were housed <laughs> so, there. Yeah, and... the real ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But who knows? Yeah. Nick decides he's going to steal a piece, so he sneaks into the studio at night, but there's a bunch of people there doing illegal stuff. And the longest scene ever. It was a long chasing, because he steals a piece of artwork, but kind of gets, they catch on to him immediately and start chasing him, so it's a very long chasing. You know how Rebecca feels about chasing. Yeah. This one was slightly better than others, just because it wasn't a car chase scene. Um, but he's kind of one by one outwitting all of the people chasing him until, uh-oh, Sue and Jacko were there for backup, and they got caught. So they, they you know, they have them with guns pointed on them, and yeah, they're like, come they're on out. Yeah, this that jungle area. Yeah, they're in the jungle area now, so they tell him to give it up or he'll shoot him shoot the woman <laughs> but little did they know mick let all of the lions and or all the all the lions out of yeah. their cages in this area who for the record skinniest lions in the whole world for I sure no i've, I've like... seen some lions before and these were too skinny they weren't always real the lions i was trying to figure out if they were always fake or how these lions were going. They also, like, did kind of mention the lions earlier in the movie. Yes. Um, when the animal handler asked Mick to take over for the chimpanzee, he was like, I'm busy with the lions. So the lions didn't completely come out of left field. Yeah, they were they were yeah. established that they were there. But I did forget, though. He's let them out of their cages, though. Yes. And he's kind of holding one of them still using his... <laughs> Mick trademark powers. Mick powers where he makes the bull horns with his hand and then makes eye contact and for the record we get one of those very very early oh on in God. this movie too with a uh, razorback mm -hmm. but he does it with the lion here and through this control manages to back the bad guys into a cage and disarms them and they punch the studio exec out <laughs> and he decides, you know what? When he had that gun pointed on you, Sue, I was more scared than I've ever been in my life. Will you marry me? <gasps> also, I just want to jump back real quick. I mm -hmm. skipped the most important scene. Ooh. So during the chase, oh, yes, during yes, the yes. chase scene, there's a there's kind of a fake wind tunnel that was used for like this twister type movie. And he's, excuse you, tornado hunters. Sorry, sorry, tornado hunters. <laughs> this the royalty free <laughs> twister movie. Um, <laughs> And he's kind of throwing stuff in front of these giant fans to stop the person chasing him. And he throws a fake cow. Yeah, it kind of almost looks paper mache, but it's large. Yes, exactly. And it slams into the dude chasing him. And the subtitles say, farts. <laughs> it's like, moves, farts. We didn't hear a fart. No. I think it's just in the subtitles. Um, we also don't know why this like paper mache 
cow was making any noises. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been mooing or farting. But I appreciate that they added the farts into the subtitles. Maybe the guy farted when the cow hit him. God, what and then a he turn! Into the wall. How embarrassing, right? Right. You, just, you get, might as well just die at that point. <laughs> you get knocked out by a paper mache cow and then fart. I'd quit. And well, I learned from South Park that when people get knocked out, they shit themselves. I thought that was when they die. Well, this is you know Crocodile Dundee world, so slightly, slightly different. He might have died. People passed out very quickly in this chase scene. It's true. All the people chasing him. They had some sort of pre-existing brain damage where if you just touch them lightly, <laughs> they just pass out. Someone literally gets, literally gets hit with paper mache and he gets knocked out. Yeah, I don't know why these are the people you hire as your henchmen, but... <laughs> Hollywood, man. Hollywood. They're probably just actors. <laughs> Not actual henchmen. Right, they get paid extra if they take a fall. Yeah. Honestly, that would make a lot of fucking sense. It really would. So anyway, after this scene, they eventually get free. They recover the artwork. And there's a big wedding scene between Mick and Sue. And the happy endings. We also get a a final news report at the end that mentions that after the torrential quarter of an inch rain in L.A., (laughs) there were disastrous flooding and mudslides, which was, again... A very relatable L.A. moment. This was the one time I laughed in the movie, actually. I'm pretty sure. It happened all the time, dude. If it rained at all, the streets like got flooded. It was really funny. Mm. And that was Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. That was Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think my biggest... Pro- I had a lot of the same problems I had with the first one, and that I was just kind of bored. Like, maybe this movie wasn't for me, which is okay. But my disappointment came from, like I said, Sue's complete lack of personality or, I don't know, any move to the plot on her end. I think I would have... I understand that Mick had to get involved in, like, the art bust because he's the main character. But in the first one, the best parts of the movie is when they were together and they were bonding and they had, you know, chemistry and they were both very charismatic and... That just wasn't in this at all. I feel like the actors hated each other, and they they didn't want to do another movie together, but they had to. That's entirely likely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I think. I mean, I think all altogether, I might have liked this better than the first one. I might have too. But I like a good caper, or I like a caper. I don't know. I don't know if I'd necessarily want to call this a good caper, but I like a caper. Caper. Yeah, you know, like a little mystery. A little, uh... Oh. Yeah, it was okay. I, I I definitely would have liked it better if, like, Sue and Mick together were trying to solve this. And they kind of were, but not really. <laughs> a lot of it ended up with Mick going on his own. I think it would have been funnier if they were both extras on the movie together and trying to solve what was happening here. That would have been a little bit more fun. I liked been. their son... Mikey, he was really cute. Uh, yeah. I like Jacko. Yeah, Jacko was a fun addition. Yeah. Other than that. Just, you know, him in another big city. I do think, <laughs> I feel like he was more suited for LA. I think yeah. he would get along much better there. Yeah. It's a little bit more chill. Well, I guess it depends on where you are. Also, John called it. 
they go into Rodeo Drive at some they, time. Yeah, they do go to because you can't have a you can't have a fish out of water L.A. movie without a, a hit up to Rodeo Drive and Although Beverly he, Hills. He wasn't at Rodeo Drive. Sue was there, <laughs> but he was in Beverly Hills. But he seemed to get along fine. Although he did discover a clapper because there was a fly near him, so he slapped his face, and then the light went off. Yeah, there's a lot of fancy technology there. They had like the clapper <laughs> and a remote control that, well, that opened the. Out open the shades to the room he was in where he mm-hmm. was taking a bath he thought it was going to turn on the tv it didn't mm. it showed the whole world as naughty bits well <laughs> it didn't really he was in the bath at the time yeah. <laughs> there's no dundee dong in this story zero dundee dong <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> that's your rating that's my rating <laughs> zero out of one dundee dong <laughs> do you want to add anything to that rating uh, i will also rate it um, one, one Mike Tyson mm-hmm. and one, oh my God, his name in Breaking Bad was Mike too, wasn't it? Oh, it was. <laughs> yes. Mike is in this movie. Fucking so we've got Mike, Mike, Mike Mick and Mikey. <laughs> well, his name's not Mike in the movie. I don't know what his name was in the movie. Yeah. It was something, he was supposed to be like from Yugoslavia, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't catch his name, but it was obviously it's just Mike because he is breaking bad. I know. I've I'd seen him in a lot else at this point, but he's just Mike from Brady. But <laughs> I'd, I'd add one Mike, mm-hmm. but also subtract one Mike because mm. he wasn't Mike in this movie. He was kind of a weenie in this movie. You're adding and subtracting a lot of Mikes here between this and Mike Tyson. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to add a Mick, Mikey. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, this I'll 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 add just some 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 more charming Mick. He's okay. he's he's an affable guy. <laughs> I would rate Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles one Jacko plus how many did they get? Six triple cheeseburgers from Wendy's. <laughs> Remember the triple cheeseburgers, everyone? Yes, it was a real good throwback. I couldn't eat them, but those existed. I'd also give it a Mikey, particularly a Mikey knocking out a rat from across the room with an eraser, which is something that he did in his classroom and then made him very popular. It did, because he doesn't kill something unless he intends to eat it. Mm -hmm. So he just stunned the rat and then let it go. And the fact that he decided, his dad asked him, when you grow up, do you want to be a crocodile hunter or a big shot journalist like your mom? And he's like, excuse you, dad. Obviously, I'm going to be both. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to hunt crocs and be rich as fuck. Hell yeah. (laughs) That kid knows where it's at. I'm going to subtract a Mike Tyson. (laughs) And I'm going to subtract Sue's personality because it wasn't in the movie. But I will add a happy Dundee family because that happy was Happy Dundees. Well, that just sounds like the Dundees now from The Office. It does a little bit. But that's the Crocodile Dundee franchise. Overall, mostly just disappointing in how normal they were. Yeah. They were just kind of like movies, which is a weird thing to say. But like, if you want to sit down and you just like want to watch a movie, you're not like in the mood for a comedy or an action or like a romance. You're just in the mood for like a movie. <laughs> watch Crocodile Dundee. That's John's professional <laughs> review. Crocodile Dundee, two stars. It's, it's a, a movie. movie. 
two crocs way up. <laughs> Except that one at the end. Actually, I'm going to take another point off for that really bad CGI crocodile oh, at the boy, end. Boy, that was some bad CGI. It caught the bouquet after Sue threw it, and who boy didn't look good. It didn't. They couldn't have. There was no practical way to do that, huh? No. I imagine, like, even if you, like, give an actual alligator, like, a bouquet, and then you just... Crocodile. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fucking animal. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you give a crocodile an actual bouquet, and then just, like, attach to a string or something, and then pull it out of its mouth, and just, like, reverse the footage, (laughs) that would have looked way fucking better. They clearly had, like, I imagine some fake crocs for some other scenes. Like, they couldn't finagle this? Whatever. Or just take it out. I feel like if I were the director and my team worked for weeks on that shot and I saw it, I'd be like, cut that out. Yeah. Put a regular croc in. They can just, a croc can show up and they can decide to hunt it without Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm, having mm -hmm. eaten the bouquet. You don't need that bit in. Just have a croc. You stock footage, whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) It's just random stock footage of a crocodile. (laughs) But maybe you watched the rest of the movie and was like, ah, it's no worse than the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) Hun, the rest was a movie. The rest was a movie. <laughs> the last shot was a mistake. <laughs> anyway, that wraps up our our Dundee experience. It was Dunderific. It was Dunda. Okay. <laughs> Dunda movie. Dunda movie. We done did the movie. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Remember to tune in next week when we chat about something else. Mm-hmm. We don't know what yet, because it's not Mortal Kombat time. Not quite yet, Not quite soon. yet. So soon. Soon, folks. We did see a trailer for a new Saw film. Ooh. Or I did. Also, quick update on Tremors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did watch the new Tremors, which isn't the lowest rated. And you know what? I get why it wasn't. It was way better than the Cold Day in Hell, right? It, it was. It was definitely better. It had a very Jurassic Park vibe to it. It super did. And the guy who plays Napoleon Dynamite, isn't it? Yes. And it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. 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 Check uh, it out on Netflix. It's Terror fun. Island, I want to say. I'm not positive, but you'll find it. It's from 2020. If you're a Tremors fan, you'll probably dig it. <laughs> it was pretty fun. <laughs> well, until next time, watch the best. And save the rest for us. No worries, mate. <laughs> Aww.